0: Today's scripture reading comes from Judges 14 verses 1 through 20. Samson went down to Timnah at the t- and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, "I saw one of the daughter one of the daughters of Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife." But his father and mother said to him, "Is there not a woman among?" the daughters of our relatives or among our people that you must go and take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines but Samson said to his father get her for me for she is right in my eyes his father and mother did not know what it was from the lord for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines at the time at the time the Philistines ruled over Israel Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah. They came to the vineyards of Timnah, and behold, a young lion came toward him roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in in hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman and she was right in Samson's eyes after some days he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion and behold there was a swarm of bees on the lion, the body of the lion and honey he scraped it into his hands and went on and went on eating as he went and he came to his father and mother and gave some to them and they ate But he did not tell them that it was that he had scraped honey from the carcass of the lion. His father went down to the woman and Samson prepared a feast there for the young men used to do. As soon as the people saw him, they brought 30 companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, let me put a riddle on you. If you can tell me what it is within seven days of the peace and find it out, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 linen clothes. But if you cannot tell me what it is, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothes. And they said to him, put your riddle that we may hear it. And he said to them, out of the eater came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet and in three days they could not solve the riddle on the fourth day they said to Samson's wife entice your husband to tell us what the riddle is lest we burn you and your father's house on f- with fire have you invited us here to impoverish us and Samson's wife wept over him and said you only hate me you do not love me You have put a riddle on my people, and you have not told me what it is. And he said to her, Behold, I have not told my father nor my mother, and I shall tell you. She went before him the seven days that their feast lasted. And on the seventh day he told her, because she pressed him hard. Then she told the riddle to her people, and the men of the city said to him, to the seventh day before the sun went down. What is sweeter than honey and stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed my wafer, you would not have found out my riddle. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelton and struck down thirty men of the town and took their spoil and gave the garments to those who had told the the riddle. In hot anger, he went back to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man. This is the word of the Lord.
1: All right, so um, the machine is right here. So during the worship, we don't have altar calls in Presbyterian. You just come up and put your quarter in or money, and you could get a piece of gum. Uh, it'll be our version of, of making that. Um, We've been going through Judges and we're at our final judge that we'll focus on and his name is Samson And he's so long that Judges dedicated three chapters to him Uh, So when we think of Samson, we think of these pictures. I put a few up. Here's our first picture Uh, It's coming, it's coming (laughs) Okay, so when you picture Samson, you see this big buff Arnold Schwarzenegger looking guy. Here's the next picture See, every picture, do you notice it depicts him like this? Next one, he's hulking. Like This is the part where Mima read that he grabbed a lion and tore it to pieces, and the lion's looking as surprised as all of us. Next, this picture is actually a Jew, a typical Jew, back in 1000 B.C., around Samson's time. And I wanted to show this picture because uh, Ed Headley, one of our deacons, made an incredible astute, point. We grew up with Samson being this big hulking dude, but that's our worldview of what strength is. Samson wasn't strong because he was bigger and more buff than any of us. Why was he strong? Because he was God's anointed. He was set apart as a Nazarite. It was God's spirit that gave him this power, and so I think that is what Samson actually might have looked like. What does that do? It pronounces that the strength didn't come from Samson. It came from the power behind Samson. And I wanted to focus on that because let's just be real direct and, and just put on the table. Samson is probably the one guy in the Bible that you do not want your children to look and read and say, hey, here is a role model for you. Um, if you, Those of you who know Samson's life, you probably understood what that means. Um, Samson's story begins like Jesus, actually. His mom couldn't have kids. So an angel visits his mom and his dad. His dad's name is Manoah. And strangely enough, his mom is a key person, but she's never named. Anyway, the angel says to Manoah's wife, you're going to have a child. Set him apart. He is to be a Nazarite. Which means you can't give him grapes. You can't give him fermented drinks. Don't let him touch a dead body. And last, what was the most famous trait that Samson do not cut his hair. So he had the ultimate man bun I imagine as a, as a in, the, in the history of the world. And so Samson is set apart by God and the whole story of Samson in Judges 13, 14, 15 14, 15, 16 is that this guy is breaking every single one of those vows explicitly. And what I shocked by there's a lot of questions is how in the world would god use and why would god use a man like samson i know david wasn't perfect but david was a man after god's own heart i mean noah wasn't perfect but noah was the righteous one job but why god do you use samson and so there's a lot of paradoxes here because samson is so strong but how is he weak he's weak with his morals He cannot stand before a temptation of a woman. That's what he's known for. So he marries a woman. We'll talk about that in a second. Then after she dies a horrible death, he goes for a prostitute. Then after that, he falls in love with the, the famous woman of all. Her name is Delilah. And a lot of movies made about Samson and Delilah. So I was thinking as I was reading this, I'm going to share from today's reading from chapter 14 of Judges, nine reasons why Samson would never have been a judge by our standards. If you and I were the church nominating committee, we would never pick Samson to be an elder Bible study teacher, even a a worship member or a greeter. Like, we would not do that. And here's nine reasons why. Number one, verse two, Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. How many of you talk to your parents that way? Get her for me as my wife. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. If I'm my family, if I said, hey, uh, dad, get me this right now. Could you give me a cup of coffee? My dad would probably roll up his newspaper. <laughs> Let me show you what uh, coffee looks like or something. I don't know. Like, but what's outrageous is during this time, do you know how people got married? The parents arranged the marriage with others. So you see Samson being direct with his parents, but not only direct, commanding them, give me, I want to get a wife. Give me a wife. And so he violates his culture. He, he shows there's no sign and indicator that he honors his parents. And so the first is, he's a man who doesn't honor authority, which is so, again, ironic because he's a judge, the ruler of Israel. Second, he doesn't just marry a woman that he chooses, but he marries a Philistine woman. Judges 13 begins with this. Israel again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so God gave them over to the Philistines for 20 years. 40 years? I think it was 40 years. And so of all the people that this deliverer of Israel is going to marry, who does he marry? Sure, son. Who do you want to marry? Anyone. You got, you got to pick up the litter. The Israelites, the, the tribe of Dan, the, the Judah, they got some pretty ones in Benjamin. Who do you want? I want a Philistine. She's hot. She makes my eyes pleased. That's what he says. And so he marries, of all people, the very person from a nation that is oppressing Israel because of God's judgment. Now, there's a reason for that that he doesn't even realize, but we'll get to that at the end. Third reason why, he, he's weak with women. Now, if all the men in here are truly honest, we all will say we have a weakness, potentially, with women. There is no guy, typically, you know, who doesn't lust. Every one of us has this tendency to lust. Samson takes that to a turbo level, and he goes after whatever, whomever he lusts after. So Samson not only marries a Philistine, verse 3 tells us, Samson says to his father, get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. The irony of this is, Judges has two key verses that summarizes everyone. The whole book, Israel did as they saw fit in their own eyes. The reason Israel was in trouble was they were a community that said, you know how I'm going to live? You know how I'm going to live? I'm not going to live by mom and dad's rules. I'm going to live, not even by my own principles, I'm going to live whatever makes my eyes please, I'm going to just do it. Hey, you only live once, YOLO. If you like it, go after it. And that's how they lived. And here's Samson saying, she pleases my eyes. And so ironic that God is raising up this dude who is susceptible to the very sin. Uh, Some of you, now the average age went up because all the children went out. (laughs) We lived a little bit long. How how did it work out for you when you did whatever you saw fit in your own eyes growing up? How did that go up for you? You made it. Life is good. I don't know anyone that did whatever they saw fit in their eyes. Say at the end of their life, that's the way to do it. Look at the look at the family around me. Look at the friends I made. Look at the difference I made in this world. I don't think so. And so he he had a weakness for women. Next, he would never have been a leader by our standards because Samson, he breaks the first vow. He touches a dead animal. On his way to meet his bride and pick out a woman, a lion jumps out and Samson is filled with the Spirit of the Lord. So God is there. He takes a lion and rips it apart and I love the text. It says, like you would do with a young goat. And I said in Bible study, like, tearing a young goat by hand is not easy either. (laughs) Like, Bible implies, am I supposed to be able to tear young goats these days? So it's like, Samson tore a lion like it was a young goat. And so he does that, and a few days later, the carcass of the lion is still there, and what's inside of it? You read it? A honeycomb. And Samson says, yum. And he goes to the dead carcass, takes the honey, and eats it, and gives it to his mom and dad, violating his first Nazaritic oath. You can't touch dead bodies. So he goes on, second thing, he violates a second Nazareth oath. Verse 10, after his wedding, it says this Samson prepared a feast there, so the young men used to do. Samson prepared a feast there, so the young men used to do. Let me translate that into Jason Cole version. Samson prepared a frat party like the college boys would do on college avenue what's the first thing you picture what kind of party is this it is not a tupperware party it is not a tea party it is not guys pondering politics with intelligence and articulating their their presuppositions this hebrew word is literally a drunken drinking drunk party the feast that that's why esv adds like young men used to do now, that's really weird, because what is Samson's Nazarite vow? You are never to drink fermented drink or anything from the vine. And where did the lion incident happen? On his way to Timnah, near the vineyard. And so, one by one, it's as if the judge is showing us, this here's Samson, and every single vow he's supposed to hold, he is blatantly breaking it. Uh, the next one I have to do in three is triplets, six, seven, and eight reasons. He's got anger issues, he's a murderer, and he's a thief. So after he gets married, he's drinking with his new 30 compadres who are probably friends or acquaintances of the bride. They're Philistines, and he says, let's do a riddle. Out of the, out of the eater comes food, and out of the, you know, something comes sweet. So he gives him a riddle, and he says, if you answer it, I'll give you 30 pieces of garment, and I think... Commentators were saying he was kind of annoyed they came to his wedding not dressed properly. That's why he said this riddle. We don't know. That's not as important, but it's kind of interesting. Fits with Samson's personality. And so they have seven days to figure this out. And after a few days, they can't figure it out. So these upright men, what do they do? They go to his new bride and says, we will kill you and your dad if you don't get this answer for us. Now, remember, this is a time of utter chaos, not just in Israel, all around the world. So she goes to Samson, you don't love me, you hate me, tell me the riddle. And she tells the riddle. She tells it to these guys, and the guys figure it out. And then Samson, verse 18, and he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. He somehow figures out, you messed with my wife to get this answer. And Samson holds to his agreement goes to town and kills 30 other men. He's a murderer, 30 men who did nothing. He steals their garments, and he says, here, take it, honoring his wager. Verse 19, when he went down to strike 30 men, this is the strange part. It says, a spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and struck down 30 men and took their spoil. Samson killed 30 people for innocent man who did nothing to him. Lastly, at the end of it, did you catch the last verse? And Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. He was so angry, Samson went back to his father's town. Who did he not take with him? Guys, just, this, is, this is just wisdom. I, I, I know this stuff because God's blessed me with this incredible wisdom. I know this. When you're married, never abandon your wife. That was free. Just write that down. That was, don't, just never abandon your wife as after a wedding. Don't go to the honeymoon without your wife. Byola, guys, now you know. You're a lot wiser now. Oh, after a wedding, take my wife to honeymoon. Good. Samson literally in his rage, he can't think straight. He's angry. He's incom- He's He's just, his character is flawed. He's immature. He abandons his wife, goes back home, In the next chapter, we find out the wife's father thought Samson really hated her, so he gives her to his best man. Arguably correct, because they think that they never consummated the marriage, so she was still free game. It wasn't, marriage wasn't consummated. Later on, chapter 15, Samson comes back after a few weeks and says, where's my wife? I want to sleep with her. And they're like, what? (laughs) What? She's with your best friend. And Samson's mad. So the father's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Take her younger sister. She's a lot prettier. Samson is so outraged. Like this, this is the Bible. He goes and burns down the whole village using foxes and lamps tied to their tails. And it gets worse. The villagers get so mad at the fire. They say, who did this? Samson. So they grab his wife and her dad and burns them and kills them. Samson gets mad. Takes a donkey jawbone and kills a thousand of Philistines, thereby freeing Israel from Philistine for 20 years. Is this story crazy? Like, who needs, really, who needs Netflix? Who needs Korean drama? Like, when you read this, you're going, What? And what is a donkey's jawbone? It is from a carcass of a dead animal. You see, Samson doesn't fit our mold. And we're thinking, God, certainly this guy is not your deliverer, and yet we see God using him to deliver Philistine. And next week, we'll focus on Delilah. But the spoiler at the end of it is Samson defeats all of Philistine with one last strength, tears down the house, and people die. So can you, we and I, can we ask this question? How and why did God choose this unusual man as judge? What is the explanation of God? God, are you contradicting yourself? You're the one who told us, do not marry anybody outside of Israel race. You told us that in Deuteronomy. Why are you letting Samson do this? And so we've heard of flawed people. We are flawed people. We are told the spirit of God is upon him, And the only explanation I see, and it fits with this whole gospel, and it's good news for you and me, is God truly can and does fulfill his purpose through anyone he sees fit in his own sovereign way. And that's good news for us. Because a lot of us, we have this assumption when we, when we say, why did God use this man? There's this assumption in there, and the assumption is this. God should and could only use certain type of people. And, and so that part is true. Like Noah was a righteous man, so he stood out, right, upon all the people. But I think these days we have this idea that we have to live perfectly and be perfect in order for God to use us. And Samson's a refreshing story. And it's bluntly this, I could be a screw up and I could have messed up my life so bad and God can still use these pieces ultimately for his glory. And the answer is God can, God has, and God does because of his grace and his fullness of his knowledge. Now, is this an endorsement for us to live in sin? No, right? Paul says that in Romans, so knowing that I shall be forgiven, shall I go on sinning? Shall I I grace abound in my sin? Should I go on sinning? No, by no means. What this is saying is God, even in our mistakes, redeems it for his glory. That's good news for me. I'm not sure about you, but I have not lived a good life. And God, I just want to say, if you want, use me. Let me show you a picture. Can we show the slide? All right, so this is... Is a like a million-dollar home, and they have a toddler. And the toddler decided to take a permanent marker and add to the drawing collection by drawing his own art. How many of you saw this? OK. So he draws the art. Now, let me ask you, just call it out. What would you do if your child took a permanent marker and painted the wall of your freshly painted, brand new, nice house? Some of you are going to laugh. Huh? You frame it. Okay. How many of you would get a little upset? Be honest. Be honest. We're a church. Be honest. Okay. How many of you would be like, get the paint, and you don't talk to your kid for a while? So, so look what the father does to this specific Next picture. So the father gets a custom-made frame, and on the right side, just like the art, when you go to art museums, they put the little tag R.C., I forget, I can't see the name, 20, born 2011. <laughs> Interrupted House is the title of the picture, 2017. Marker or later past. And the father salvages this error and it becomes, I, I, I'm not understanding this, it's truly a masterpiece. It becomes a joyful memory for the family to look at and for the kid to say, I screwed up, but dad, you're like it. You redeemed it. You salvaged it. Friends, this is what God does. God's purpose is not fulfilled because of our perfection. God's purposes are not fulfilled because we operate so well and we don't sin like Samson. God operates because he is graceful, gracious, to screw-ups like us sometimes, and he redeems it in a way that blows us away. He makes mistakes into masterpieces. And the church says, hallelujah, amen. That's the story of Samson. The story of Samson is not do this and God will bless you like we see in every Bible, a lot of Bible stories. The story is even a guy like Samson can be found in the purposes of God. How much hope does that give to you and me? The author is telling us this as a second message. It's not just Samson, but we are like Samson. And I'm, some of you may not be so trigger-happy with anger and, and pride, and some of you may not be lustful as Samson, but we get called by God. We get nominated. We get positions. We, we become dads and moms or, or, or great neighbors, and we will mess up. And what does God do with that? See, from our point of view is you're disqualified, you're useless, you are no good. And what God does is I still have a purpose and my purpose will prevail. We don't know his purpose. But here's the good news. In the end of our lives, our job is not to do God's purpose. It's just to be in the midst of his will so that God could fulfill his grand picture. This is God. And so when we say God uses only certain people, we disqualify so many people. I I, I used to love youth ministry because you know who my favorite kids in youth ministry were? It was not the kids who went to Bible study and acted good. It was the skaters, the kids who were like, "F you!" They they just they just have an attitude like, "Hey, come to worship?" No, you get the heck out of here. I don't want to worship. My mom's making me come here. I'm gonna hang out with my friend Joey. And I I like these kids because they're so honest. (laughs) They're so real. And these are the ones that when God gets a hold of, it's like, hey, that's, God's, be careful. God's love for you is so much. You're the type of people God loves to use so that it's his power and his work, not because of your efforts. And so the truth is that God uses these people. And spoiler alert, Samson had only one requirement. He had only one requirement to make the story work. Do you know what that requirement was? At the end of the book, our Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, there is what we call the hall of fame of faith. The names and lists of all the people in the Bible who had great faith, guess who is in Hebrews 11, 33, 34? Samson. It wasn't his perfection. It was his trust and faith in God, even despite his flaws. And so the message for you and me is, you better, it's not you better perform and be excellent, it's continue to cling to your faith and trust in God, even when you can't. And the good news is, I, as I recall, I am not the one holding the shepherd's hand, but the shepherd, Jesus says, you have given every single one and I will not lose one. Our job is to simply sit in the will of God and by faith, Walk in him. Perform. Be excellent. Be faithful. That's definitely the message. But our fears are gone. That our performance is not what gets God's result. It's God's good will. So Judges thirteen sixteen is not a pre- dis- prescription, but it's a description of how we live. And so that gumball machine really speaks to me. <laughs> I could be a penny, and in God's goodness, I still could get a gumball as much as someone who puts a quarter in. Why? Not because of my value, but because of God's intrinsic goodness. Um, I want to wrap it up with this. Who does this sound like? Angel comes to the parents, makes a statement that there will be great purpose for this child. This child will be set apart for God. Who does that sound like? Jesus. Mary. Mary. You will have a child. He will be the savior of the world. And whereas Samson failed this, whereas Samson displayed human power and failed spiritually, Jesus Christ is the perfect Samson. He is set apart. And Jesus' power is not in the ways that the world, you and I see power, like wealth, prestige, size of a church, corporation, stocks, retirement, like physical strength. Jesus' power was humbling himself to die all the way to the cross, revealing his power through love and freeing all of us from the bondage of sin. Samson, we need Samsons. We need this story. We need this imperfect screw-up to remind us, holy smokes, God, you are so good. I could be like a Samson, and I have this hope not because of my correction because of your correction and that came through the true and greater samson jesus christ who did fulfill his vow who did live a sinless life and who is our redeemer so i want to ask you just takes that faith believe in him trust him don't look at your inventory of what you did or what you didn't do turn that all over to God and say, Lord, give me faith, just like the catechism we just read. Where does it come from? It's a gift from God. And I, we don't do altar calls, but I just felt compelled. I don't know where you are or who you are, but these are the moments where you could simply, I want to invite you to just simply say, Lord, I give you, I offer myself to you. I trust in you. Lord, I can't perform anymore for my dad my mom for world my friends i just want to be faithful i just want to be faith filled and give your hearts and trust that christ is the perfect samson let's pray lord what good news for feeble imperfect people like us What good news that the Bible was not the success of your people because they navigated so righteously rather in their unrighteousness. Your perfect plan and righteousness will prevail. So God, I think that's exciting and encouraging that sometimes we may slow down your plan or sometimes we may even unknowingly sabotage it. But God... You are God. Who who is there like you to interrupt you? May we find ourselves not resisting you. May we find ourselves being fed and fueled and lifted up by you. May we find ourselves just simply at the end, Samson had to do it at the most humble time with his eyes gouged out and ridiculed and mocked. You did it by receiving the mockery and winning the victory by giving yourself up. And in those moments, like Samson, like us, may we cry out to you. And as you cried out to God, Jesus, on the cross and finished everything, may we cling to you, Jesus, as the one who has satisfied all of our requirements. Lord, give us faith. Give us faith, especially now for the day-to-day. Grant faith in the times where we're weeping or crying or afraid. Give us faith when we need to do the right thing and have the courage Give us faith to trust in you, despite the consequences, and Lord, let that faith grow in us as your Holy Spirit fuels it. We are marvel at your feet, and we pray, praise you. We love you. We thank you for your extravagant love for us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. As uh, David Arredondo comes up to give the prayers of the people, just a few other.